Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. have enjoyed this series so far. Raise your hand. You enjoyed the series of The Way and about the Beatitudes and everything that we've been learning and hearing of the teachings of Jesus, the sermons and the teachings of Jesus, you know, the Beatitudes and what followed after that. In the previous weeks, we've heard different preachers bring that and and, and bringing that to life to all of us. And we realize that these Things that we've heard about the Beatitudes and about the teachings of Jesus, of, you know, being holy and and check your motivation or everything like that. All of these are actually indicative of who we are. We are supposed and we're meant to be God's agent and God's representative on earth. That's why we are to behave like that. That's why we are to live out these virtues and these characteristics and these values if we are to have a dynamic impact in the world. We won't live a life of purpose and meaning if we don't begin to live out these values and these characteristics that God is calling us to live out. Why? Because we are to serve our king and not serve ourselves. We are followers, we are subjects of God's kingdom, and we are to bear fruit that is pleasing to the Lord, fruit that will last into eternity, fruits that will outlive our own lives. That's the kind of purpose that God wants. So we are faced with this very important question, what then is needed for servants and followers of the way, followers of Jesus, what is needed so that we will be able to fulfill our calling and our purpose in God? This morning, I'd like to share with you a message called Putting God First. And our passage is found in Matthew chapter 6, Verses 19 to 34, and I'd like to ask you to please bear with me as I read our text this morning. Chapter 6, reading from verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, that's plural, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap or store away in bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And so why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. What a fantastic passage this morning. This passage really shows us that if we are to be faithful, obedient followers of Jesus, there has to be some kind of a dramatic change in the direction of our lives. But for that to happen, we must understand and operate from a biblical worldview more than anything. A biblical worldview more than anything. We live in a world that is so uncertain. Society's moral compass keeps moving. Our values are constantly being questioned and challenged. So therefore, in the midst of all these things, where can we find a firm and strong foundation as the basis of our lives so that we can actually frame the way we think and the way we look at situations? Well, Isaiah 40, verse 8 is very clear. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. Don't you think that would be a great way to start, to lay our strong and firm foundation? Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is trustworthy in the past. He can be trusted in the present, and he will continue to be trustworthy in the future. So in the midst of all this movement in our society today, rather than saying the Bible is an antiquated historical book, we can actually go back and refer to it and say, the word of God will stand forever. There is no other book in the world that has the ability and the power to transform the worst of criminals. But the word of God. No training, no workshop, nothing has the power and the capacity to transform a person's life other than the Word of God. We've seen them. We've heard testimonies of these people. And so therefore, it's really important for us to understand that to have this firm and strong foundation, we must start from the Word of God. We must start from Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. An unchanging God in a changing world. And so this morning, I want to share with you three kingdom principles that kind of like learn from this passage that will hopefully guide the way we live. So the first principle is that we need to live with a transformed perspective. And secondly, we need to start reordering our priorities. And thirdly, we need to understand and embrace our purpose In God. What does it mean to live with a transformed perspective? It means that the way we look at situations, the way we look at our circumstances, the way we read our circumstances, we need to look at them from the lens of the gospel in line with the kingdom of God. If we don't do that, we will miss the point. 
And second is that we need to have this understanding of the difference between earthly treasures and heavenly treasures. And what's the difference between? Why is God asking us to choose? What, where we invest our treasures? And of course, the third has to do with your vision and focus of God. For this to happen, there has to be a 180 degree shift in our own perspective, one that is informed and framed by the gospel and kingdom values, influenced by the word of God. It is not as simple as having a different perspective, but more than anything else, a transformed perspective. The pandemic has actually taught a lot of people and have changed a lot of people's views and perspective because of their experience. Surveys have shown that the sense of security and the sense of assurance and trust that people put in things have actually been pulled away under their feet and they realize that what is really important is family, is relationship, the people that are important to you, the closest to you. Not these things because they can be taken away. So it's not just having a different perspective, but having a perspective that is transformed, framed and informed by the gospel. Verse 19 says, do not store up treasures in heaven. Peter was alerting to us the Greek word of do not, meaning me, meaning do not or else something will happen to you. And when, when I check about this phrase of do not, it's actually saying that it is a point of stopping of something that is already in progress. In other words, it is a process that is already in progress in someone's life. And so God is saying, do not. God is saying, stop doing that. Because what you are doing, storing up things, is already in progress. It's not like you haven't started yet. You have already started. And I think if we ask ourselves, we are well and truly have started storing up treasures on earth. And what did Jesus say? When we do that, moths rust, destroy, thieves break in and steal. Instead, he's commanding us to store up treasures in heaven where it cannot be destroyed and whatever you have invested in heavenly treasures will last into eternity. Now the word treasures in Greek is thesavros, this is where we get the word thesaurus because thesaurus means to hoard, to gather, to collect. And so the word thesaurus is actually a collection, a hoarding of different words. And so that's why there's a wealth of words in a thesaurus. And God is saying, don't store up treasures. Don't hoard treasures on earth. In the ancient world, Treasures emanated from three dimensions. First is clothing, what we wear. We need to clothe ourselves. We can't go around walking naked. That's very important and still is. And second is about food so that we can survive. And then third, of course, has a bit to do with precious metals and jewels in the ancient time, where a lot of people actually rob people's houses if and when they know somebody has these precious jewels and metals. And Jesus is basically saying and addressing to his listeners, don't focus on these things because it can be taken from you. It can, it can be, robbers will come and steal from you. These things. You see, I grew up in the Philippines in the second largest city of the Philippines. It's a very cosmopolitan city and yet it's still surrounded by poverty because of the contrast of the way people live. 
And um, uh, sorry, and, and, but, but then when Janelle and I went to Africa in 2003, 4, 6, and 7, coming from the Philippines, I thought I, t- I saw and understand poverty. But when we went to Zambia, we went to South Africa, I saw poverty. Here's some photos of, of, of our time there. Kids just making do with toys, a stick and a little can, and that's his toy with no shoes. And, and the next slide, Ed, and we have uh, uh, these this women here. That water pump is servicing 2,000 families, shared by 2,000 families in, the, in the, the village and in the compounds. And the last one slided, and that woman is carrying uh, firewood and walking kilometers after kilometers to take that to the market to sell so that she can feed her family. And the other one, of course, is cooking and preparing a meal using a pot, open flame, three rocks on the sides, firewood at the bottom, and then they make their meal. And that seems to be a very common sight of the villages that we went to, people living in mud houses. And I said to myself, I thought I saw poverty. But when I went to Africa, I saw poverty, the contrasts. Needless to say, that experience gave me a different perspective and a different appreciation of what I've been given and what I've been blessed with. Our perspective and our understanding says a lot about who we are. And so verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, be careful, that's where your heart will be also. Why? Because your heart will follow to that which is important to you. Your heart will follow to that which you place value in your lives. And so Jesus is saying, be careful. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Earthly treasures are temporary, while spiritual treasures are eternal. Let's put these things into perspective. The second kingdom principle I want to share with you is something to do with reordering our priorities. Questions like, who's really the boss in your life? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he, because if he's not Lord of your life, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Who is the boss? Who is number one in your life? And Jesus is, is a, a, a challenging us. You cannot serve two masters in your life, wealth and money. Now, I am sure that when we speak of priorities, you've probably been through it just like myself when we feel like we're being pulled in a thousand different directions, our personal life, our family life, our work life, our social life, our study and educational life, and our church life, and these aspects of our lives are calling and wanting our attention. And so therefore the question is, how do you prioritize? How do you prioritize? We need to reorder our priorities. Exodus 20 is very clear. God gave the very first commandment to the people of Israel. He said, love, he said, the very first commandment, he said, you shall have no other gods before me. No other gods. Not the gods of the pagans. You shall have no other gods before me. And Deuteronomy 6 is very clear where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, when Jesus was tempted, his reply to Satan was this, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
And so when we consider these things and bring them into the circumstances that we have, family, church, study, or social life, or personal life, I think we need to ask the question, is God honored in this? Is God, you know, top priority in my family? Is God top priority in my studies? Is God, we need to ask those questions. And, and if there is kind of like a, a disjointed way, we need to reorder them. And, and find and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Why? Because we cannot continue on that path. Verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the other and love the other person or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You know the word despise is shrinking back. Shri- shrinking back. Stepping away. Going away, going in a different direction. That is what it it means for the word despise. And if we are not careful, we could be stepping away and shrinking away. And so therefore the priorities of God becomes, uh, stays at the back burner of our lives. This is really the reduction of life into one simple choice. And as a follower of Jesus, we are presented with this choice. Do we serve God or do we serve wealth, money, mammon with a capital M, which refers to some form of deity? I am sure that you are probably aware that there are so many famous celebrities who are so rich and have accumulated wealth and have died. Let me share just three. Michael Jackson, amazing musician, died at 50 and was worth an estimated 236 million when he died, and the IRS valued his entire estate at 1.3 billion. And in 2009, after his death, his estate is still earning 2.1 billion of royalties and other things. Whitney Houston died at 48. Her estate was worth 20 million when she died. Let's get a little closer to home. Heath Ledger, a Perth boy died at the age of 28, had a net value of 16 million. And when I look at these things in the light of our passage this morning, it reminded me of Job's declaration in Job 1, 28, where Job says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. We cannot take any of the things that we invest our time, that preoccupies our attention. We cannot take them with us when we are done, when we leave this earth. You know, money in and of itself is not really the problem, but the priority of money. And the tragedy is, is that if we are not careful, money will never be enough and soon it will possess us instead of us possessing it. The more we have, the more we are worried about losing it. And so therefore, we try and consume and do something in order to protect it. Now money in an economics term really is just there. It's meant to serve as a medium of exchange. And the Bible is telling us that it's not meant to be hoarded. It's not meant to be held so tightly. Why? It's not meant to be, you know, loving it. Because in Scripture it says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not money in and of itself. You can have a lot of money in the world. But if you're honoring God with your wealth and resources, 
the Lord will be pleased. And so therefore, money in and of itself is not really the problem. It is the love of money. And the more you have, the more you want more. And so we need to be careful about that. And the third kingdom principle I want to share with you today is about understanding and embracing our purpose in God. And Jesus is talking about worry, about fear, about anxiety, about insecurity, which can really distract us and rob us. And yet he also said, look, why are you worried? Look at the the birds. Look at the lilies. I was able to provide them. Are you not much more important than these things? And I did a little bit of research on how much it will cost to feed all the birds in the world. And Google has no answer. Google has no answers. Like, yeah, that's fantastic. Because, you know, people think that Google has all the answers. And this time I got Google ones. He has no answer. Google doesn't know how much it will cost to feed all the birds in the world. And yet our Heavenly Father says, I can feed all of them. And if I'm able to feed all of them, what are you worried about? You see, anxiety is the most common mental illness condition in Australia. On average, one in four people, one in three women, and one in five men will experience worry and anxiety at some stage in their lives. But you see, these verses is not talking about mental illness that is due to a chemical imbalance in your brain or in your body or some kind of a traumatic experience that you have. That's why you have this anxiety in your life. What Jesus was actually talking about has something to do with trust. Who do you trust? Where do you put your trust? Because unless we are settled in that, we will never be able to live out our purpose if we don't know where and who to put our trust. You see, physical life is important. How we look, we live healthy or anything like that, that's important. But that is not the ultimate. It is important, but it's not going to last into eternity. It is only the spiritual treasures that will last into eternity. And so therefore, we need to settle within ourselves that God has to be a priority in our lives. God has to be first in our lives. And I tried to investigate a little bit about this word first, whether it's first and so then you let go of everything, you know, Family second, you know how we've got this hierarchical view of life, like, you know, family first and da-da-da, or maybe God first and then family second and then siblings and immediate family and friends, and then it just goes lower and lower in the, in the ranking. But when I look at this, the word first is actually about the new beginning that is taking place in a person's life when you are born again in Jesus. When you are born again in Jesus, that is, there is a new beginning. There is a first. There is this desire of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That there is this, this, this conviction that you have that, that you will seek out first what you have discovered, what you have received, that you will seek out first. And out of that will overflow. And Jesus was very clear. He said, and all these things will be given to you as well. If there is a genuine new beginning in your life, it won't be hard to put God first in your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Paul declared, so whatever you, 
whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So we're not talking God, family, husband, wife, children, no, that kind of thing. No, it's not like that. Paul said, in whatever you do, do it all. For the glory of God. So isn't that amazing that if we actually place it linear rather than this one, we put it linear, God can be Lord of all. Amen? God can be Lord of your life, of every aspect of your life, because that's what Apostle Paul is encouraging us to do. In whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Nicky Gumbel have these amazing short phrases, and I just want to share this with you. He said, life is short. Make the most of it. Put God first. Love deeply. Forgive quickly. Find and live out your purpose. And I just thought that really just summarized my points this morning. But one person that really lived this out, one example I can find in the New Testament that has this dramatic change taking place in his life and had a dynamic impact in the world around him, is Apostle Paul. And in Galatians 2.20, Paul declared, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Jesus. We thank you for the power of your word, the teachings that you want us to learn. And Lord, I pray this morning that may your Holy Spirit work in our hearts. If there is anything that we need to do to change or re reorient ourselves and reorder our priorities, Father, I pray, oh, Holy Spirit, that you will lead and guide us, Lord. Show us. Reveal to us, convict us. We thank you. Thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you have given us opportunity to honor you in whatever we do. To journey with you, to walk alongside with you because that is the desire of your heart. That you want to see us glorifying and exalting you in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We now come to a time of communion and on your way in you must have received um, our little COVID safe emblem, elements with the wafer and the juice. And so let's just come to this table and, and really remember the Last Supper the final dinner that Jesus had with his disciples where after dinner he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this, this is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And so as we eat the bread, let's remember the broken body of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. And as we drink the juice, let's remember the blood, his blood that was poured out so that we will receive 
forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Let's do that together. just give thanks to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your love and mercy. We thank you that at the foot of the cross we can come, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, and that we will find mercy, grace, and forgiveness at the foot of the cross. And so this morning, Father, we humble ourselves before you, Lord, and ask for forgiveness for those things that we have failed. If you've been disobedient, we ask, Father, that you will help us, that you will give us the grace, Lord, to follow you. And so we thank you, Jesus, for everything that you have done for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.